and welcome to another episode. So in today's episode, I am reading Neville Goddard's lecture from 1967 <clears throat> titled, All Things Are Possible. <clears throat> Jesus Christ is the true identity of everyone. His name, forever and ever, is I Am. Therefore, when you say I am, you are declaring your true identity. Do you believe that all things are possible to someone called Jesus Christ, but not yourself? If you do, it is because you do not know who you are. In 1929, believing Jesus Christ to be another, I stood in his presence. <clears throat> we embraced and I became the infinite love that I beheld. For at that moment I was incorporated into his body and became one with the risen Lord. Scripture tells us, <clears throat> No one has ever seen God except his only Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has made him known. This is true. For thirty years later, God's only Son made himself known to me. When I was incorporated into the body of God, I thought I was Neville. But thirty years later, when David, of biblical fame, exploded from within and called me Father, I knew I was God. Although to me, the David who said, I will tell of the decree of the Lord, he said to me, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee, lived a thousand years B.C., and was not in any way related to me. Yet now I know the truth of the words. No one has ever seen God until he, who is in the bosom of the Father, makes him known. Only when my whole being exploded and God's son David appeared in the spirit and called me Father, did I know my true identity. Now I know from experience <clears throat> that I am Jesus Christ and that there is no other God, no other Savior. I also know that you and I came out of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is to that one body, one spirit, one Lord, and God and Father of all that we return via these experiences which take place within. Let me explain it in this manner. At the end of the seventh chapter of Luke, it is said that Jesus forgave a woman of her sins at which time those who sat at the table with him said, Who is that who forgives sins? <clears throat> then he went from village to village, teaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna went with him, providing for him out of their means. The scholars of the great interpreter's Bible considered the most scholarly work as of the moment, made this observation regarding this passage, and I am quoting accurately. Jesus did not depend upon chance hospitality, but was supported by wealthy women. Can you believe that? <clears throat> they are speaking of the man who said, Whatever you desire, believe you have received it and you will, and all things are possible to him who believes. Yet we are asked to believe that Jesus depended, depended upon others? Why would these scholars say such a thing? Because they had not experienced Jesus Christ. This is not a story of three wealthy women, 
but of those who saw the empty womb. These characters are eternal. They are those who told what they had seen by relating their own experiences. It is said that the apostles who heard did not believe, as it seemed to them but an idle tale. This is followed by a story that the risen Lord walked with these women, and although they did not recognize him, he said, What is it all about? And one replied, Do you not know they crucified the great prophet who was delivered into the hands of the elders and the authorities? Then he said, Is it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and then come into his glory? And beginning with Moses and the law and all the prophets, he interpreted to them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Since it was late, they asked him to remain. And while seated at the table, he took bread, blessed and broke it. As he handed it to them, they recognized him and he vanished out of their sight. This is not a story of a man who, while dining, breaks a piece of bread. I am the bread of life. One day, like a seed bursting itself, the bread of life will erupt, and the plan of salvation contained within that seed will unfold from within. When the bread of life breaks in you, David will call you Father in the Spirit. <clears throat> Prior to this revelation, you will stand in the presence of the risen Lord, embraced and incorporated into his body. This incorporation is your baptism. For it is then that you are united. And remember, if you have been united with him in a death like this, you certainly shall be united with him in a resurrection like this. Notice the difference in tense. You have been united with him in death and shall be united with him in resurrection. The seed has been broken and is breaking in all. You came out of yourself to enter this world, and you will return to yourself enriched by the experience. The word translated suffer in the sentence, Is it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things, and then come into his glory, means to experience sensations. In order for you to experience sensations, you emptied yourself of your divine being and accepted the limitations of a slave, you committed yourself unto death to experience its sensations. Becoming one with death, you overcome it when you break this bread and are born from within. For unless this happens, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. When this happens, you will have lifted the Son of Man to the knowledge that I am He. Unless you know that, you will remain missing your goals, and continue to die in your sins. There's no being talking to you from the outside. A Jesus Christ is not another. You and I fulfill everything said of him individually because of your uniqueness. There's no one else like you, and you cannot be replaced in the kingdom of God. Although what I tell you seems like a wild, wild tale, it is true. For in my Father's house are many rooms. Were it not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also.
Now the women mentioned in Luke's story are witnesses. You shall be my witness. I will take you into the father's house where I will instruct you and tell you who I am. I can take you no farther. You must find the father in you and this you will never do while you uh, do while looking at me as another. When you see me, you see the father, but I am not the father when you look at me. You will find the father only when his only begotten son, David, calls you father. The Old Testament is a prophetic blueprint, and the New Testament interprets its prophecy. When this prophecy is experienced, it is so unlike what appears to be on the surface for the Old Testament is simply a foreshadowing, an adumbration, in a not altogether conclusive or immediately evident way. When it happens in you, and it will, you will be born from above and discover God's Son, who reveals you as his Father. The temple of your spiritual body will be torn from top to bottom, and the Holy Ghost will descend upon you in bodily form as a dove. Then God's plan of salvation will have fulfilled itself in you. Men, thinking themselves so very good, are saying that Jesus was kept by wealthy women, and millions of people believe them. There are those in my own profession who will point to this passage and get wealthy women to support them, and they will believing they are doing God's work, as you would milk cows. How could a man who said, whatever you desire, believe you have received it, and you will depend upon wealthy women for support? I have been offered diamonds, jewels of all kinds, money, my rent paid for five years at a time, all kinds of things, but I have never accepted any of these. I have paid all of my debts, but not through gifts such as these, when they told me this was common practice, I assured them that I was not common and was not in the market for what they offered. But the women spoke of, spoken of in Luke were his witnesses, those who recorded their visions to support his claim. For one must have proof that everything said of Jesus Christ in Scripture has been experienced by him. Should not Christ experience these sensations, these emotions, and then enter into his glory? I have to have scripture confirmed, for I am not just talking to you on this level, but on every level of your being. One friend followed me from place to place, from level to level, as I taught scripture. In her letter she said, at each lecture, I became so excited, my heart began to split, and at the very end, I could hardly contain myself. Are we not told? Did not our hearts burn within us when we opened, or when he opened unto us the scriptures? What else is there? If you read a doctor's report in the morning paper and remember what the same doctor reported a year ago about the same condition of the human heart, you would find that the doctor had completely contradicted himself, or perhaps he is only quoting another doctor. Well, if there are one million doctors, do you know you will find one million different treatments for the same disease? Treatments are more fashionable than the clothes you wear. 
changing often, but the word of God is forever. We are told, I am from above, you are from below. You are of this world, I am not of this world. If this is true, how could scripture be secular? He is telling you that he belongs to an entirely different region, that he is from the skull, where he was buried in the beginning of time, and not from the womb of any woman who bears children into time. Everything you have ever done was done by Christ. He is your life, and without Jesus Christ in you, you could not breathe. Allowing everything to happen, he will experience it all as you. Believe every precept literally, for it will be fulfilled literally. Believe that all things are possible to you and that you are what you want to be. Persist in that assumption, and it will harden into fact. Having assumed the life you live now, no one can take it from you but yourself. You have the power to lay it down by no longer being conscious of it and the power to pick it up again through consciousness. You are the cosmic Christ who nailed your power on humanity in six vortices as the six-pointed star of David. At the moment of sheer ecstasy, God began a good work in you, and he will bring it to completion as his predestined state unfolds from within. Now let us go into the silence. All right. So there we have Noble Goddard's lecture from 1967 titled All Things Are Possible. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. And I will see you guys all uh, in the next one. Bye now.